Hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away under the towering timbers of Colorado. We've got Randy with us. Randy, do you like tall timbers or towering timbers better? I'm kind of thinking about making a change. What do you think? Since I live in the high desert, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are no tall timbers up there. It's more lower evergreens, right? Brush, brush. We have brush. Oh, yes. Brush. Okay. <laughs> well, folks, you can tell it's time for Wednesday's World Events Update. It is Wednesday, February 14th. Glad to have Randy with us. I am, uh, if I seem a little crazy, it's because it has been a crazy week. You know, we are doing uh, sometimes four and five. I did five Monday, four yesterday podcasts, uh, recording them a few days in advance because Wendy and I hit the road uh, next week right after. Uh, uh, we have church on, on at Plum Creek on Sunday, then we'll hit the road on Monday or Tuesday for our long southeastern United States uh, tour, where we're going to be speaking at four different churches and events. Really excited about it. We love it. We've been doing this for years. It's always great to be on the road, but on the front end and back end, it creates a lot of work. So we've been uh, recording some podcasts with some awesome guests that are already scheduled to drop. Um and I hope you'll stay in touch with us. I will be doing some, uh, not live necessarily, but same day podcasts from the road. And in those, I'll give you some updates on how things are going. And we're going to be posting as much as possible our conference messages. I'll be speaking three times at North Star Family Church uh, next weekend. And then I'll be speaking twice at the Prophecy Summit in Orlando. Now, those we will not be able to post uh, because we don't own the rights to them. Uh, they post them at prophecywatchers.com for those who purchased the uh, access to them. Um but uh, I am doing some of the stuff that I'm doing at the Orlando Summit. I'm going to be doing at other conferences. So eventually, it'll make their way out there for you guys to hear. Uh, and then the next weekend, I'll be at to Claremont, Florida. And I'm speaking seven times, including a Q&A. And then uh, that night, Sunday, March 10th, we'll be at Sanford Bible Church speaking again. So lots of uh, exciting opportunities to share the gospel, to encourage people on what's happening in this world with end times uh, uh, stage setting. And I hope you'll just track with us and stay with us. Again, podcast will continue every day. We've got new guests and special guests and recurring guests. Uh, this week already, we've had a fantastic uh, week. We kicked it off with Stand Up for the Truth. On Monday, I was a guest uh, there with uh, Crash Connell. And uh, and then uh, Tuesday, we had Speaking of Conspiracies with Josh Mundy and the Christian and Conspiracy Show. That was uh, yesterday. Boy, if you haven't listened to that, worth the listen. Great guy. really appreciate him. Ask some great questions. May not agree on everything, but that's, uh, you know, I'm not even sure I agree with my uh, myself half the time, uh, Randy. But uh, then we've got uh, tomorrow. Listen, you do not want to miss this. This is one of those on my bucket list anyway, easily top three to five of, of heroes that I have really followed and benefited from and watched for years. Gary Stearman will be with us tomorrow. I talked with him yesterday in kind of a pre-interview discussion, and man, the stories that he's going to tell, we're going to be talking about UFOs, powers, and principalities, uh, and he's got quite the story to tell. You don't want to miss that tomorrow. I love uh, Gary and Mondo and Bob and those guys there at Prophecy Watchers. They've been such a blessing to NBW Ministries, and of course, I've been on their show and spoken at their conferences a number of times, but this is the first time I'll have Gary on uh, on. My show, and then tomorrow night. Don't forget. Speaking of prophecy watchers, 
We've got our monthly live Zoom Q&A for our premier subscribers only. And Mondo Gonzalez from Prophecy Watchers will be with us. So we got a double dip tomorrow. Tomorrow we get two of the top scholars from Prophecy Watchers that are connecting with the NBW Ministries. But tomorrow night's only for our premier subscribers, so it's not too late to sign up. Go to notbyworks.org, click on the store button, and sign up for our monthly subscription for Premier Access. That gets you all kinds of additional content that is normally uh, purchased by uh, folks, but it comes automatically with the Premier subscription, a video series, uh, all kinds of uh, my What Lies Ahead or What in the World's Going On series, my Spirit of the Antichrist series, some of those that Spirit of the Antichrist is 18 videos. All of that's part of the Premier package. You also get other value ads like these podcasts that we do each week with Randy. If you want to see us uh, in video form while we're talking, you get the video version, whereas we only post the audio version to the general public. Now, I want to I want to mention real quick that today, uh, Randy is uh, sort of in your face with his Kansas City Chiefs shirt, and so I'm I'm trying to to not be nauseated as I as I do the podcast today. But uh, see, you wouldn't know that unless you're a premier subscriber. So, uh, but anyway, lots of great stuff there. It's a small monthly fee. You can cancel at any time. But if you are a premier subscriber, please join us tomorrow night, six o'clock mountain for the live Q&A. You'll get to meet Mondo, ask him questions. Of course, if you can't join in tomorrow uh, as a premier subscriber, uh, our premier subscribers can go back and watch the recording of that video at their leisure. It'll be posted on the premier page. So uh, if you're not a, a subscriber, think about it. Uh, you've got plenty of time and maybe consider signing up for tomorrow uh, before tomorrow night. And then uh, Friday, uh, boy, Friday, another one of my top five lists. I didn't ever dream this guy would be willing to come on the show, but Donald Jeffries, whom I've cited often in my books, he's a uh, expert on really understanding American history in particular. He gets the Luciferian conspiracy, and I've asked him to come on to talk about false narratives in American history. That's Friday, uh, the 16th, this coming Friday. So can't wait to talk with him, uh, and uh, I know you'll be, been, you'll be blessed by that. Okay, with that uh, rundown of all that's uh, going on, I want to mention we do have some more free charts that we just posted this week in the free section of our Not By Works uh, online store. I've got one comparing the days of Noah with the days of the second coming. I've got one uh, comparing the seal judgments in Revelation 6 with the Olivet Discourse. I've got another one on the judgments of the end times. I think we posted three just this week. So we try to update that regularly so that folks can benefit uh, from it. Uh, and so that's for free at the Not By Works online store. And then finally, I just want to put a plug in for Sunday. I'm going to be sharing a message in my continuing series on First Thessalonians at Plum Creek Chapel on Satan's war against God's people. And this is one of those Sundays where our verse-by-verse -verse exposition of a particular book intersects with my passion for prophecy and the end times and the cosmic battle between good and evil, the Luciferian conspiracy. And so uh, I hope you'll plan to tune in for that. We had a record number of live streamers last Sunday, and we continue to grow our live stream audience. But uh, if you're in the Denver area, boy, I would love if you'd come out in person and join us at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. Services at 8.30 and 10 o'clock. The 10 o'clock service is what is live streamed. Okay, verse for the day. It's Proverbs 14, 
Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th. Now, I'm not much for the the uh, you know the hallmark holidays and sort of the all of these made up holidays that people market but you know the reality is it's there everybody's talking about it and it does kind of prompt you to think about love and and uh, and the love of my life you know this is my 34th uh valentines together with uh, wendy uh wonderful wendy and we've got plans tonight for a date night um but i hope every night's a date night for you and your spouse but um you know, as I was thinking about love and reading Proverbs 14 today, I thought, you know, there's a lot of division and animosity in the world today, and that's what the Luciferians are trying to foment. Uh, and that's, it, that's there should be on certain issues. When when society is collapsing and, and promoting immorality, we need to take a stand. But I want to remind people that, you know, as we think about love today, not to fall into the trap of being harsh and mean with everyone. It, things are so discouraging right now. It can be easy to kind of wake up every day with this bah humbug type attitude. Uh, but I want to encourage you to find someone today to be kind to. Proverbs 14 verse 10 reminds us, the heart knows its own bitterness and a stranger does not share its joy. In other words, as you look at people, even though they may be disagreeable, they may be contrary, they may even have views that you don't agree with, you don't know what's going on in their heart. And uh, maybe they're struggling, you know, hurting people hurt people. That's something that Wendy and I have tried to remember throughout the years, hurting people hurt people. So, you know, remember that uh, you may not know the whole story. So be kind, be gracious. Proverbs 14, 13 goes on to say, even in laughter, the heart may sorrow and the end of mirth may be grief. In other words, a person may look outwardly like everything is all together, but in reality, they may really be struggling. So find someone to be kind to today. And uh, always remember to be gracious. All right, Randy, sorry for the longer than usual uh, introduction there, but uh, in spite of your attire, we're going to muddle our way through this podcast. Welcome back to the show, Randy. Thank you, I guess. Welcome to this week's version of The Twilight Zone. I think you'll enjoy today. It's uh, about as bizarre as usual. A couple of things before we get started. Tomorrow night with Mondo, we are going to put a steak knife right through the heart of the flat earth theory. I have so many people that say, well, do you believe in it? I personally think it's the biggest bunch of baloney I've ever heard. Tomorrow night, Mondo will tell you why you should never believe that stuff. He will he will explain it to you. So look forward to that because... Yeah. People don't believe me on this stuff, so we'll we'll get it back up in here. It's got the big guns. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I want to clarify. Of course, the whole podcast, the whole uh, Q and A is not going to be about that. But Randy and I were talking, and Mondo, he's an astronomer. Uh, you know, he's he's got his own uh, telescope. He's just really knowledgeable about this stuff. And so I thought, well, that'd be a good question to pose to him. I'd love to hear a succinct response. Uh, to the growing flat earth theory. And I do respect those who hold that view because I respect all truth seekers and you ought to be seeking the truth. Uh, But you ought to look at the evidence. And and sometimes we live inside an echo chamber and we listen only to our own echoes where everybody says things that tend to support our view. So yeah, can't wait to ask Mondo that that question. I hope he's not listening to this because he might be uh, terrified. I'd I'd rather catch him off guard. (laughs) You you would, yes. All right. (laughs) Some good news for the people that live in the front range in Colorado. I think I have found a way that those with ham radios, in the event of a disaster, we can contact each other. And I'm going to know more next week. But it looks like there's a frequency we can use. And regardless of 
whatever goes on, whatever happens, we should be able to contact each other without repeaters and stuff like that. So next week, I hope to have some more information for you. All right, so let's start with semi-bizarre, okay? We all know about the $95 billion uh, package that we're giving to Israel, Taiwan, and the Ukraine. Um, why we're giving anything to Ukraine when they're about done, I don't know, except I would call it additional money laundering or however you want to put that. But the one part that nobody seems to know is the Border Patrol in the United States was $700 million in the hole. Hmm. Now, they wanted bailed out, but they didn't get bailed out in that package, and there is nothing else before Congress to provide them money. So what they're going to do, they have thousands and thousands of illegals. They're going to let them loose. Can't afford to house them anymore. Can't afford to arrest them, detain them, whatever. So if you see people ending up in your locale, don't be surprised. Now, everybody should be on the lookout because I live in beautiful Canyon City. Uh, basically, we have more prisons in this county than anywhere in the United States, I believe. And I found out the other day through one of the contacts I have that they're dumping busloads of these individuals off here at night. They're dumping them off into a building that's been vacant for quite a while. They have now blackened the windows so you can't see in, but it seems like a bus or two shows up every night. So don't be surprised if you don't know about it, but it's happening in your area also. Um, you know, when you've got 13 million, I'm running around, I don't know what they're going to do with them, but obviously they're going to send you a gift. So be on the lookout. And Randy, aren't they, they're not just from South, South America or Central America, right? These are people coming, yeah. even though they're That's coming right. across the Mexican border, they're from all over, right? They're from most of the foreign countries. I mean, we have Russians, we have Chinese, we have Indians. I mean, you name it. They're they're coming across. A lot of them are carrying backpacks. Nobody ever checks those. And so we can only imagine what kind of a gift they have in store there. I mean, are, are, are any of them Kansas City Chiefs fans? That's who no, we watch for. Right? No, they're Cowboys fans. Oh, well, good. Come Evidently, on in. Evidently, they're indoctrinated when they come across. Yeah, they must be a Dallas well, Cowboy fan or no. The Cowboys go. fans could help the economy because they're all going to be so depressed. They're going to really have to go seek counseling and and be a boon for the psychiatry industry. As long as they keep it in Texas, be <laughs> hey, all right. You know, okay. Yeah, yeah. No Chiefs. No. Okay. If you have a Berkey filter, the EPA now lists that as a pesticide. Uh, this is from uh, Matt Gates, and he's a, uh, what is he, Congress, Senate, whatever he is. Anyway, on his website, he announced that EPA has decided since it has a little bit of silver in it, it's a pesticide. Now, I don't know who believes this, except they're trying to run a good organization into the ground. But if you find there's some trouble in the future buying filters, don't be surprised. Mm. Um I noticed on the news this morning, our friends in Iran, they're evidently moving right along with everything they're doing. They now have container ships. Looks like a large container ship. They have containers on the top and they are loaded with missiles. These missiles are accurate to within one and a half feet. So if they launch it, it's going to get exciting. Now, another thing that we've talked about before, they keep saying that Iran is close to having a nuclear weapon. 
Remember the conversations we had on the podcast last summer? They already have. North Korea or Pakistan would be more than willing to sell them more if they want them. And so when you hear that they're close to having them, forget it. They've already got them. So we hope that they don't go and um, attack Israel, anybody else in that area. But with a container ship, they could sneak up to the coast of the United States. And before we knew what was going on, they could launch that whole boat and we would be in trouble. So Iran's getting ready to um, get things moving. They're just they're just waiting. All right. Israel accelerated their attacks against Hezbollah in Lebanon yesterday. And they now have three divisions of soldiers there. A division is anywhere 15,000 to 20,000 troops. So there's 60,000 troops there that are now attacking almost into Lebanon. Um, so Hezbollah basically said, you attack us, we may just unleash all the 150,000 missiles we have. Israel would cease to exist, but we know that's not going to happen because God would intervene. Just understand that you're not hearing much from the Middle East. There's plenty going on. Hmm. Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine's going to get wiped off the map here pretty quick. Yesterday, they sunk a Russian naval vessel. They blew up a pipeline by Moscow, and they're sending drones all over the place. They're even sending drones over Putin's house. Now, Putin has moved 40,000 troops to Estonia, plus the other 650,000 troops that he's got in the Ukraine right now. Um, Putin runs for election next month. He's either going to do something before or after, but he is going to do something. I think he's lost patience. I think he has given them every chance he's going to, and he's ready to get something going. All right. I believe everybody probably um, has watched all the good news about Mr. Biden and him being old and a wonderful man. Now, he's old, he's feeble, but he is not a wonderful man. But what does my heart good? is Kamala Harris said she is ready to serve. Now, that should put the fear in everybody's heart because usually a vice president will, you know, basically back up the president and say, you know, now he's doing a good job doing this, doing that. She said, ready to serve. Now, unless she's bringing in the ice cream, I think she knows Biden's on his way out. Yeah, that's what she meant. She's ready to serve the ice cream to, to Joe Biden. I mean, how else is he going to get it? Well, <laughs> I don't know how he's getting it right now, but evidently he's got brain freeze going on, that's for sure. So we have Kamala Harris on the sidelines basically saying, I'm ready to serve. Barack Obama visited Mr. Biden two weeks ago, had a nice two-hour conversation with him in which he said, Joe, time to go. Jojo, got to go, go. Well, Joe's not going for that, and I think the biggest problem is his wife. I'm not sure keeping him in there. But the guy is a laughing stock to the whole world. He is incompetent of making any kind of a decision that would be rational. And if we get in a hot war, everybody should have your tunnel built now. So did, no he, did Biden, uh, I mean, sorry, did Obama tell him he really needs to step down? I hadn't heard that. Where did, did that leak out from somewhere? That, that leaked out, was it on Fox? It was on one of the major channels, had a short word. And basically said, Obama visited him two weeks ago, told him it was time to go. So, all right. So we have Barack telling him that. We have Kamala Harris saying she's ready to serve. You know, something's coming. 
it's coming. It's going to be severe. And Joe's not up to it. I, I feel sorry for the guy. But you know what? Got to make decisions in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Now, if you recall a year ago, Mr. Biden banned TikTok to all federal employees. They could absolutely not use that on their phones, on any government property, etc. Now, the other day, he joined. And basically, he's trying to reach the young people on TikTok. So again, you know, if you know anything about TikTok, basically, it's monitored by the Chinese. There's a lot of false information given up on TikTok. And it's a bad, um, it's, it's a bad piece of software. I'll just leave it at that. All right. Uh, they are using AI. And hopefully, Shane will be on in the next couple of weeks. Maybe he can get into this more. I don't like to tread on his territory. But basically, AI is resurrecting dead politicians to go ahead and speak on behalf of the people running for office now. Hmm. Now, most of us should know those politicians are dead. But these are some pretty slick advertisements. The um, young women in China have now decided they prefer a chatbot to a man. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but they're really enjoying a certain chatbot. They say it provides all the emotional needs they have, and they think it's better than a man. So good luck with that. I see population dying out. Chinese used to have 1.4 billion. They should be down quite a bit very soon. Okay, El Nino, or Nina, yeah, is supposed to be here by June. Now it should be cooler. It's going to be drier. Uh, the problem is we have a drought in a lot of the farmland in the United States. This will make it worse. Um, I don't know how long it'll stay. I don't think the weathermen have any idea how long it'll stay. But, you know, if it's going to make it drier, we have a reduction in crops. We have a reduction in livestock. Food prices are going up again. For all of you that buy Bitcoin, uh, it is up over $50,000. I think it was $51,992 when I looked this morning. So you're making money right now. Is that now, per per unit? Per, 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 per Bitcoin, per a coin? Right. So 50000 So that really, that puts me on the bubble. I'm not sure if I should buy four or five. I'm kind of right there. Uh, what about you, Randy? Well, it was 48000 yesterday. And I looked at that and I'm going, if that would get down to 480 I would consider it. $480? Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, like I've told my friends, when you're making a three or $4,000 difference every day, you're making that kind of a swing. I don't want anything to do with it. You know, yeah. my heart couldn't take it because no, I am. No yeah. All kidding aside, you know, I've, I've talked about Bitcoin for years and researched it pretty heavily for the Spirit of the False Prophet technocracy book. You know, I had some good friends that were, you know, awake and and really uh, knowledgeable about the dispensational prophecy and so forth, uh, and they made lots of money through Bitcoin. But I also know people who, with some of the recent shenanigans, lost inordinate amount amounts of money. And I all along I've been saying, you know, that it's a risk. It's a risk I'm not willing to take because if you can't touch it, you don't own it. I recognize it's private, but you're still dependent on somebody else. You know, you can't walk into your family room and, and pull it out of your couch cushion. You've got to rely on technology and somebody else. And, you know, I've just heard too many horror stories of losing tons of money in it. So uh, that's a decision that people have to make for themselves, whether they're going to invest in any type of digital uh 
Bitcoin system, cryptocurrency. Um, I'm not, I don't think it's a moral issue. I, I do think I would think long and hard about it. Uh, and I feel somewhat vindicated because in the early days when I was saying that, people were looking at me like I'm crazy because they were making, you know, six and seven figure returns. But uh, yes. then after, you know, all of the collapse and some of the other issues when people started losing, it, it made a little more sense. So it's just like anything else, the stock market or anything else, any investment, uh, it's it's always subject to manipulation. And, uh, you know, people that are a lot smarter than me uh, would be better off advising on uh, on cryptocurrency. And again, it's it's not a moral issue. It's a it's a decision each person has to make. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's up right now. That's for sure. Yes. And people are making good money. And I think it's great. I have a problem with if the grid goes down or we have a cyber attack, how safe is it? But the people that own it, sell it. I'm sure they know a lot more about it than I do. But, you know, it's interesting to watch it make that kind of a swing every day. Hmm. Gold is down. Silver is down. I think gold may continue to go down a little bit before it hits the bottom. The thing is, the way the economy is going right now, uh, when it hits the bottom and when it comes back up, I think we're going to find out what it's worth. I don't think it's going to stay down long. I think the economy, according to Kitco, uh, we got about two months left before the banks are in a crisis. And then everybody better bar the door, at least what they're saying. Jeff Bezos sold $4 billion in Amazon stock. I think that's pretty interesting. Hmm. And it was amazing. It was just before NVIDIA came out being worth more than Amazon. Now, it's hard to believe that NVIDIA has gone that fast, that hard, that its worth is now more than Amazon. But, you know, when you start talking the high hundred billions or trillions of dollars, um, a little bit of a change makes a big difference. Hmm. We've talked about the BRICS countries before. China, India, Russia, they still continue to hoard the gold. Um, I think they're getting ready to make their move, <clears throat> in which case... They're going to try everything they've got to bring down the United States dollar. And if we start looking weak, we start losing the war in the Ukraine. Um, it's just going to accelerate. So um, <clears throat> Jamie Dimon says the government should be able to seize any private property at once, basically to um, have wind and solar farms. Now, he didn't say buy it. He said seize it. So he is the what CEO of J.P. Morgan, I believe. Yep, that's right. In other words, he um, he's not your friend. So you know what he's looking at. He's trying to get richer. Um, King Arthur Flower. Now I've never seen this brand, but basically they have a uh, baking contest, and they said that no white people will be allowed. If you're white, you submit an entry. They're sending it back. Now how they're going to know that? I don't know. But it was pretty interesting that they would make a comment like that right in your face like they did. But such is life, right? All right. I ran across a saying the other day, and it makes a lot of sense. If something is free, you are the product. Hmm. In other words, Facebook is free. You look at Amazon. Well, not Amazon, but um, Google and some of that. You understand that if it's free, they're using your information, they're selling your information, they're not your friend. They are using you. They, When you look at the amount of 7,000 companies that basically Amazon sells information to, that concerns me. We've talked about that before, but 
be be aware of what's yeah. going on because it's getting worse. Yeah, I think I first heard that from G. Edward Griffin. It's 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 been around for a while. It's a profound thought, and Amazon too. I mean, you know, you are the product, especially if you sign up for Prime. But even if you're just using their uh, uh, site as we all do to make purchases, uh, they're tracking everything. So uh, that was the whole goal behind rolling out social media. They did it in China first, and then they mimicked it over here. And it was, you know, going back to MySpace and even some of the early renditions, it was all about gathering data. You are the product. You are the guinea pig. And as I talk about in uh, Spirit of the False Prophet, you know, uh, Yuval Noah Harari has made it clear that uh, data is the new currency. That, you know, he, I give a quote in there where he talked about how in the finance world early on, people were thinking it was crazy for the Zuckerbergs and people like that to spend all these millions and billions of dollars on on these uh, apps that don't charge, you know, they're given away free. And then he realized it's because the data becomes uh, gold, really, and then they can use that to make millions. And so, yeah, it's uh, if, if it's free, um, you know, you're uh, you're are the product. I love that. Well, you know, talking about Amazon, I noticed that they're now selling foldable houses for $30,000. <clears> they will sell you a foldable house. They want the younger generation to be able to get into home ownership. Now, first house I ever bought, and I know we're talking a different century many decades ago, was $45,000. And now you get one that's basically foldable and disposable for $30,000. Now, I'm, 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 I know I'm getting older, but I'm kind of losing the rationale for some of this. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you part buy of the, the house. Where are you going to put it? Well, it's part of the conditioning of the smart city mentality that, you know, everybody should only have a small little footprint. And so they're making the younger generation sort of think in those terms. But, you know, when we lived uh, years ago, uh, after we first moved to Colorado or maybe in the first year or two, we lived um, up in the mountains and we had a foldable guest room. We did. We had such a small cabin. It was just a two-bedroom uh, loft cabin on the river. And uh, that in the summer, we would put up a tent outside, and that's where you know people could sleep. It's like overflow sleeping. Problem was, you could only use it in the summer because of the weather, but in the summer, you had to deal with the bears. So the bears would come out all summer, and one year, we had 27 bear sightings right there. Uh, most of those were right on our property. Some of them were as we were driving in the, in the area around our place, but... Uh, so yeah, you can't win, but a foldable a foldable house, that's interesting. Does it come uh, with some assembly required, I assume? Yeah, I don't think you can blow this one up. Now, the, the house you're talking about, though, was that the mother-in-law residence when they came? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just throw that out there no, because, you I, know. You know. I loved my mother-in-law. She was a godly woman, and uh, she's with the Lord now, but... Uh, but uh, I do have some pretty awesome mother-in-law jokes, uh, not inspired by my own mother-in-law. I've been telling these since before I had a mother-in-law, but we'll save those for another day. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it is Valentine's Day and I don't want to stir the pot any more than I normally do because don't need the, don't need the feedback. All right. <laughs> the United States military is pulling out slowly from Syria and from Iraq. The other day, they cut the United States military removing dozens, well, actually 60 um, tanks of oil utilized by the United States from Syria. They were sneaking away with it and got caught. Now, we've been there supposedly defending it, the area, 
for whatever reason, which is all baloney, but they actually caught us stealing. Now, supposedly over time, the United States has stolen $115.2 billion worth of oil from Syria and Iraq. Now, does anybody see a problem with this? Is it, there's, you know, it's obvious why they don't like us over there. You know, we're protecting it with the military. The private companies are making money. And then the constituency and the people that live there are just out of luck. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in because I was a little appalled when I looked at that and thought they're ignorant enough to get caught. I mean, for crying out loud, you would think they could use some stealth technology and have pulled that out a little bit easier, right? All right. Back to the immigrants. Uh, it is a problem. It is a large problem. There are three main, very large areas of the uh, migrants that are in Chicago and New York City. I mean, there are 10 cities the size that you cannot believe. They, I don't know how many thousand they uh, hold. But they interviewed security the other day. Security said, basically, we kind of watch them gummy in and out. We don't interact with them. If there's a problem, we call the police. Well, then they went on to say that the Roe Hotel in New York City, I don't know if it was once upon a time a really nice place, but it has 5,000 rooms. It is full of illegal immigrants, and they're charged $500 per room per night. I think that's what, $2.5 million a night that we're paying just for the motel itself, not to mention the large migrant cities. So I don't think everybody understands what kind of a problem this is going to be. We can't afford to house them because they do not return anything to society. No jobs. We give them sustenance. We give them housing. We give them spending money. And if they don't like where they're at, we'll go ahead and move them. That's why they're moving into the south and into California. So if you're ever around one of your senators or legislators, whatever, it'd be a good time to mention it because they are going to bankrupt us besides the other problems they're causing. Hmm. Now, the B-21 bomber supposedly was going to start production in uh, 2030. It is now rolling off the line. It costs between $1 and $2 billion apiece. I think the order was for 100 I don't know if they're going to change that or not. But supposedly they are going to be developing something where AI will be flying the planes. It will make its own decisions. It will be the sole occupant of the plane. Now, I don't know if anybody's got a problem with that besides me, but I kind of like the idea of a human in there to make a decision that maybe AI wouldn't come to that kind of a decision. But anyway, that's what they're looking at. They're also integrating it into the Navy ships, into other aircraft. So AI, and we're all going to pepper Shane with questions on the next time he's on the podcast, finding out just exactly how far they are, because I think they're pretty far along. I mean, AI is threatening 40% of the population, their jobs right now. And within a few years, it'll be 80%. So all of us are going to probably be out digging worms to go down to the fishing hole because there are no jobs for anybody. Now, I had somebody on the podcast Email me the other day saying they were wanting to move to Alabama. This is for them. All right. The most dangerous cities in the United States 
Bessemer, Alabama is first. Hmm. Memphis, Tennessee is second. St. Louis, and I believe probably East St. Louis more than West. Detroit is number four. And Birmingham, Alabama is number five. So if you're moving to Alabama, pick very carefully where you're going. What's the, uh, I wonder what the criteria are, like the most dangerous in terms of crime or in terms of. Yes. Basically murders, armed robberies and rape. And it's, it's amazing the percentage some of these are to the. So it must be like per capita or something, because there's no way that Chicago wouldn't be number one on that list, you know? Well, exactly. I'm sure it is per capita. But to find out that a small town like Bessemer is number one, I don't think I'd even want to drive through there. I know. I I mean, that's crazy. I wonder, I mean, wonder if it's one of those deals where they have like, you know, 10 people in the town and there was a murder where two of them, so 20% of the population was murdered last year. I mean, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. Very interesting. Well, you know, they never tell us that stuff, right? Right. But now when you look at Memphis, St. Louis and Detroit, obviously, we have no questions there. I would have thought Chicago would have been in the top five, New York City in the top five. But this is right out of the news. So I guess they know what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I I remember seeing a press conference with Biden one time that somebody mentioned that uh, they were concerned that most uh, uh, car accidents uh, occur within you know one mile of your home. And uh, what was he going to do about that? He said, well, I think if, you know, most car accidents occur within one mile of your home, you ought to move. So that, that's what that was Biden's solution. See, Randy, you have to laugh out loud. Otherwise, it's going to make it even more awkward if people, you know, I, I don't I don't want to get started because if we get if we go down that road, this will turn into a different kind of podcast. Okay, all right. And, I, you know, we're not looking for that. All right. A, an airplane resembling Air Force One was practicing touch and goes at the uh, Peterson Air Base in uh, Colorado Springs the other day. Rumors are flying if they're bringing Biden in or some other people in, putting him in the bunker. Uh, nobody, as far as I know, got off of the plane. Basically, they were practicing. But you never know. I mean, with what's going on now, I know they move some of the officials, different times of the day, different places. Anything is popular or possible and understand we are we are on the edge. There is no doubt about that. Uh, One thing I read yesterday, everybody ought to know that owns a house. You need to check and make sure that the deed and the mortgage to your house is in your name. Evidently, one of the more popular crimes occurring right now, people sneaking in, changing all that information and you don't know about it now until. My dad passed away. I didn't know how easy that was. Basically, you can go in if you have something that looks like uh, a will or something that makes you the executor. You can make any changes in many states to the property you want to make. Put it in your name, switch it out into somebody else's name. I didn't know how easy it was. But when I confronted the, the Register of Deeds, they go, hey, we don't check if it's legitimate. We just look at what they present. And I'm going, you know, what kind of an excuse is that? If you, you change, if, if you change the deed to someone else's name, do they have to start paying your mortgage? And can you still live here while they do it? Well, you would certainly hope so. That's what I'm going to do. That, that would save me a lot of money. I would put that in Kelton's name. 
Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. do All right. We're going to hit him with that and the flatters tomorrow. Don't tell, so. don't tell Kelton. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to listen to this podcast. And I'm sure we're going to hear about it. But anyway. No doubt. All right. Earthquakes. There are a very large number of earthquakes on the west coast of the United States, all the way down to Chile and on the east coast of Asia and all the way from well, someplace in Russia, all the way down to uh, below China. Now, there's some very big ones. They are along the major fault lines. Uh, San Andreas Fault in California is having a lot of earthquakes in that vicinity. But so are Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma basically are caused by fracking. They're shallow. They're not really major. But I looked this morning, and now there are small quakes developing by the New Madrid Fault over in Missouri. Now, these are along the same fault line as Oklahoma and Texas. If the New Madrid Fault Line is activated, it could be one of the largest earthquakes ever in history. It would affect Memphis. It would affect Illinois. It would go into Oklahoma and Texas. It would take down the bridges between the Mississippi River and the other states on both sides. So we're going to hope that doesn't activate, but always be aware that uh, volcanoes, earthquakes, they're getting to be a real problem. Um, Mr. Mallorca was impeached by the House of Representatives. The only thing I have to say about that is, so what? Everybody knew that isn't going to go past the Senate. The Senate will never okay that. So, you know, I guess it's an exercise in futility. Spend a lot of money. It's a great show, but it did nothing. He's in charge of the border. And um, when you look at him, you look at him like, you know, the guy's kind of clueless. And evidently he's smart enough to out with the House of Representatives. All right. Israel. Israel's getting to be a really, really dangerous place, and it's going to be popping off pretty quick again. Uh, they want a six-week treaty, truce, whatever, with Hamas. But the reason they want that is because they're moving into the north against Hezbollah and to the south around the Rafa border. Now, the Rafa border, Rafal, however you want to pronounce it, borders Egypt. Egypt has amassed a large army on the side right across from Israel and says, do not enter. Because if you do, you may invalidate the treaty that they've had for 30 or 40 years. And a, a real war could erupt at any time. So we'll see what Netanyahu and the guys are going to be doing. They don't want the Palestinians in Israel. They're trying to move them out. Well, that's fine. They're moving the Palestinians out, but Hamas has circled behind the Iranian or the Israeli troops, and now they're operating out of the northern part of Israel. So you know they're never they're never going to get this set or taken care of, and this situation is going to get worse. But Hezbollah is the biggest problem. They are a proxy of Iran. They are tight. If Hezbollah gets involved, Iran will get involved, and we will have a mess that you can uh, not believe. So sometime in the next couple of weeks, because Mr. Biden and his group have given Israel 45 days to give them a plan, basically accounting for the people that have died, the innocent civilians, and what they're going to do to prevent that. Now, 
Netanyahu's going, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to continue the operation. And Mr. Biden, Mr. Netanyahu don't talk anymore. They go through intermediaries. Yeah. So it's getting tense. I mean, it is getting tense. And, I, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of Netanyahu necessarily, but I support him. And if I was him, I would, you know, write back, you know, here's our plan, Mr. President of the United States. We're going to wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. I mean, that, that's the plan. I mean, obviously, that war is terrible and, and sometimes innocent people die. They're trying to do their best to minimize that. Israel always tries to do that. Um, and I know there's there's plenty of evidence out there of rogue elements within Israel that sometimes do things that are uh, that are not good. But the, philosophically, we need never forget Israel's the good guys here. Hamas is the bad guys. Hamas are terrorists. And so I don't think the U.S. has any business trying to tell another country how to deal with uh, with their terrorists. Um, by the way, speaking of just, you know, uh, geopolitical unrest and things like that, uh, this just broke five minutes ago uh, on CNN. House Intel chairman announces, actually Fox News and CNN, serious national security threat. Um and uh, apparently the House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner has made intelligence around a, quote, serious national security threat available to all members of Congress. Multiple sources familiar with this intelligence characterized it as very sensitive. Um, it comes from relates to Russia and with regard to destabilizing, uh, you know, the region. Um, so he's made a, a, a scheduled a meeting with the Gang of Eight. The Gang of Eight is the the group of uh, congressmen and senators that are involved in the intelligence community. Um, so anyway, yeah, not not sure what to make of that. I guess we'll see how things unfold. But apparently uh, things are heating up uh, with Russia. He was asked about it and he said, I'm not in a position to say anything further from the podium at this time. Uh, so the, the threat is against the politicians? No, the threat is that there's, all of us? there's an intelligence, uh, you know, uh, brief that has now been sent to the gang okay. of eight, uh, announcing serious uh, destabilizing plans related to Russia. That That's as I read it. That's okay. Because okay, I was going to say, if it's against the politicians, what's the problem? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if so it's that, against us all, okay. That would be good news. I mean, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, when you look at Russia, they're doubling the troops in the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Um, the Savaki, I think it's Savaki or however it's pronounced, gap that goes into Kaliningrad, the Russian amounts of troops, so does Belarus. Something's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to involve the United States or not. Probably depends on what we do. But you have to understand, Putin, Xi Jinping, um, the Ayatollah in Iran, and the North Korean, I, I know they have a plan. And we look at the North Koreans with their cruise missiles, their ballistic missiles, firing them back and forth. One of these days, it's going to be live. It's going to be a big surprise to everybody. But I would look forward to start there or in the Middle East with Russia and China coming in at the same time. Uh, the Chinese, their economy is done. People are selling Chinese stocks as fast as they can. Chinese are selling U.S. treasuries as fast as they can without making it look too obvious. Um you know, when you start dumping stocks, you start dumping bonds and stuff like that, you know they're in trouble. And now that the women are interested in AI instead of the guys, you know there's going to be a lot of tension in that country. So we have to understand there's some things coming. Now, I noticed that credit cards now are basically tracking your guns, ammo, 
And if you buy a Bible, you will be considered an extremist. Now, I want, I want everybody to know how close your credit card companies are watching everything. Um, it's kind of spooky because yesterday I went out to lunch. I left more than a 20% tip. I got out the door and I had a text from the credit card company. It said, you have left more than the customary tip of 20%. Is that what you wanted to allow? Now, I've never had anything on, on a couple of bucks like that before, but evidently they're either using AI or their computers or whatever is kicking out anything and everything. So just understand they're watching you much closer than you think they are. A little creepy, but whatever. Now, the last thing I have, I think is about the most outrageous thing of the week. Um, Democratic Representative Barbara Lee in California wants the minimum wage for Californians to be raised to 50 that. bucks an hour. 50 now, bucks. I mean, gee, do you make that much, JB? I know I don't. I mean, 50, 50 bucks an hour is pretty good. I mean, there are days I don't make $50 a day, brother. I mean, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me, how would the economy ever be able to sustain that? Yeah. And where do they get these ideas? You know? Yeah. It's so, absurd. I had an interview with John Loeffler that I can't wait for it to air. It's going to air, I think, I don't know if it's next week or right after that, but just fascinating. I love John to death from Steel on Steel. Um, anyway, he was talking about how some of the, he didn't talk about that, but he was talking about some of the things that they put out there. They're just so outrageously absurd. And yet they just come out of people's mouths and on, you know, television and radio and in politics and so forth. And, and, and nobody even, reacts i mean it's just it's the death of common sense we're all numb but you know i go back to the first part of the podcast i'm at ease because kamala harris is ready to serve that should send a chill up everybody's spine <laughs> because think about what that means and it's like i gotta look for a big tunnel to get into go into a different country or something <laughs> but anyway so that should take care of the week. What was the last thing you said? That should take care of the week. After... That should take care of the week. Yes. Oh, man. Well, great stuff, as always. Um, really appreciate you, my friend. You're such a delight. And, uh, and uh, folks, uh, as always, you know, um, take everything that you hear, run it through the grid of Scripture. Um, and uh, if you're listening to this, and we were a little bit more lighthearted today. Sometimes we're, we feel like that. I've just been so swamped that I'm just my mind needed to have some some humor. But sometimes with what all is going on in the world, it's a bit of gallows humor. You know, you just you need if you can't laugh, you'd cry. But uh, we don't ever want to forget that the number one priority is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, everyone's a sinner and in need of a savior. You're not promised tomorrow. Things are pretty unstable. Anything could happen. And if you die without Christ, you will spend eternity in a literal place of torment called hell. But the Bible has the solution, which is God's amazing matchless love. And Christ uh, died for our sins, took our place on the cross, paid our penalty, defeated death, hell, and the grave when he rose again the third day. And he alone has the power and authority to offer forgiveness and eternal life. And he offers it as a gift. It's not something you can earn. 
You don't have to measure up because you can never measure up. You have to simply accept Christ's righteousness, which he purchased with his blood on your behalf. How do you do that? You do it by faith, trusting in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again for our sins. So I hope you'll do that today if you haven't already. For those who already know the Lord, keep walking by faith. Uh, keep looking up. Uh, remember uh, to, to, that the, the coming of our Lord, the blessed hope, uh, is imminent. And as we talked about with Lee Brainerd recently, uh, it uh, it is imminent, but that uh, sure seems like the stage is being set for it to to be closer than ever. So, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Randy. Uh, folks, don't forget tomorrow night our premier Zoom live Q and A with Mondo Gonzalez from Prophecy Watchers. Hope to see you there. If you're not a premier member, consider signing up at the Not By Works online uh, store. Well, God bless everyone, and we will talk again tomorrow. <music>